This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform podcast, and I am your host, Bongani Tao. And this Leadership Platform podcast is brought to you by Sibanye. We are one. The Leadership Platform is brought to you by Sibanye, a proudly South African multi-commodity mining company. Now, kindly note that the views and opinions expressed by the persons participating in the Youth Leadership pl- Program, rather, hosted by the Leadership Platform, are those of the individual participants and not necessarily represent the opinions or views of Sibanye Gold Limited. Sibanye is not liable for any damage, loss, or liability of whatsoever nature and however arising, right? So we are out in Carltonville at Carlton Jones High School, and we're discussing very important and powerful uh, topics today with the young South Africans, right? And you'd remember that the the objective of the program, the youth leadership platform, is so as to give the youth the voice to speak on issues that affect them individually and collectively, and pretty much a vehicle for 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 the youth to to jump on, and a vehicle for change at that. So with me today, I've got incredible people. Very, very wonderful panelists and very wonderful guests. And I'm going to have my panelists introduce themselves. And I'll start over to my left with the lovely lady. I'm Rose Tembu. I'm part of the prestigious school called Carlton Jones in Carltonville. Um, I believe that I can bring a change in South Africa. Uh, my dream is to become the president of South Africa and show people that women can also do what men can do. Powerful. Hi, my name is Berina Quinana. I am a grade 10 learner in Carlton Jones High School. Um, I believe that the youth has a voice and everyone, everyone should listen to the youth, no matter how young we might be, but we do have valuable points. And I think that our age should not, no one should judge us by our age, but should listen rather to the opinions that we have. I'm still figuring out what I want to become when I grow up. But I know that come grade 11, I will know for sure. Rush there. Uh, hello, my name is Junior Shibangu, and I'm a grade 10 learner at Carlton Jones High School. Um, when I want to grow up, I want to be a bariatric surgeon, um, but I also want to be involved in politics and also do a little bit of some ministry because I believe that the youth of South Africa lacks motivation and we should really provide that inspiration to them. And if they see me doing such things, I think it will also motivate them to do such as well. Um, I believe that the youth has a voice okay. and that we have the right to be listened. And because the world is evolving itself, and if we use met- methods of old generation, we're not really going to adapt to those changes. Mm-hmm. So I believe if we bring in the youth, we can bring in innovative ideas, and we can therefore adapt to the changed world. And that is Junior Shabang. Yes, thank you. I am Shanique Mortimer. I teach the grade 10s English at Colton Jones High School, but I also have a master's degree in politics. Awesome. So we... A word was sent out to find out what are some of the topics that the learners would want to engage in. And we received um, communique from the principal of Carlton Jones High School. And receiving that, upon receiving that, we now have the topics that the students want to um, deliberate or talk about. And firstly, I'd love to get into the legalization of DACA. And I'll allow the students pretty much to take it whichever direction that they want. And for the students that are not part of the panel, 
you are, feel free to join in the conversation, ask questions and contribute. Come up to the front and we'll give you um, an opportunity to speak. Upon doing that, just introduce yourself, give us your name and uh, basically state your question or your comment. So I will start with um, Shinik. Um, okay, I'm not uh, sure how to start the conversation on the legalization of marijuana. Um, I I just found it interesting that um, in in Gauteng we find it a, a problem um, already, even though it has only been legalized in the Western Cape. Um, I do understand that this is a symptom of a larger societal problem, which will eventually affect the learners of Carlton Jones and, and the greater um, northwest Houting area. Um, yeah, so um, my questions for the learners would probably be, how do they see it becoming a factor in their lives um, yeah, promptly or within the next two years? Junior, who, um, would you want to come in and um, state your comments on what uh, has been asked? I'm not very much informed about this Dache issue. Okay. Um, but uh, my principal told me yesterday um, that the matter is still being discussed in court. So it hasn't been legalized nationally all over South Africa. But I thank Ms. Mortimer there for telling us it's only in the Western Cape. Um, but if it is, if, if Dache were to be legalized, I think it were to be legalized for medicinal use only. I think if we do it in that way, because um, uh, what I think is that um, they're going to take advantage of this legalization of Dacha. And learners are going to start coming to school high. And really, what's the point of coming to school? If you're going to be high in classrooms, you're not going to be listening to the teachers. And you're really wasting the education that was fought for you um, post-1976, um, Hastings and Glovu and Hector Peterson. Innocent lives were lost for your education, and you're sitting in class wasting that. So I think um, it should be only legalized for medicinal youth. Um, but um, uh, there are families that I know of where I come from in Kutsong that actually um, plant dacha. And um, the profit that they make for this, um, they use it to provide for their families. My question to the youth would be, what should these then families do? Because that's where their income comes from. Um, I think we need to understand something. Um, marijuana does have good and bad effects to the bodies. Marijuana can harm a person's memory. It can last for days or weeks after the immediate effects of the drug wears off, probably about four weeks, which is a month. You can have lower grades and likely less to get into college than other people that don't smoke. People need to understand that if it does get legalized, it is only for medical purposes. It is not to get high. It is not to smoke with it. It is not to abuse it. Marijuana is there to heal some other infections or bacteria or whatever purposes. We need to understand that coming to school has to be our priority. We are here to work. Our parents pay school fees, a lot of school fees, so that we can get a better education than they did, so that we can have knowledge and power, so that we can become the best people that we can be, so that we can influence other people. And I don't get how smoking does any of those things. Um, I'm not also quite informed about this um, topic, but I feel we should, the social services should also get involved in helping to educate the children about the dangers of 
the weed and the marijuana because it's pointless as junior said that you should come to school but yet you're high and you won't even understand what the teacher is saying it's basically robbing the other children of their education time and wasting the teacher's time so <clears throat> sorry and as berlina said this will influence you greatly you will lose your you will decline in your academic um standards yeah so <clears throat> do we do we have people that are for the legalization of marijuana and people who are against the legalization of marijuana from the panel and from our guests that um, are with us at, at Carlton Jones High School. And I want to find out from the people that are for the legalization of it, what are the benefits of that? Why are they for it? And those that are against it, why are they against it? I think that will shape um, pretty much the spine of our conversation um, in, in, in so far as um, this question is concerned. So I'll start with the panel, and I'll, I'll request some of, of, of our guests as well to, to join in the conversation. Are you for marijuana? Are you against it, the legalization of it? And what are your reasons? So I'll, I'll start with Junior. Are you for it or are you against it? I am for it. You're for it's it? for medical uses, yes. Okay. Um, because I'm very passionate about the medical field and these discoveries, because um, I also heard, not sure if it's um, accurately true, um, but it's also used for cancer patients as well. So I think Dacha, like Mam said here, has its good benefits as well. We'll be changing lives. You know, we're reuniting families because um, diseases like these can break down um, psychological, um, they can break down, they can break people down psychologically. And I think if, if we can use Dacha to change lives, then it should be legalized. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But I believe that there should be a protocol that should be put up and procedures to be followed on how it will then be distributed around the country. Um, we'll doctors or farmers, if the public itself, do we need licenses or things like that? I think we should follow those kind of mm -hmm. um, factors, yes. Hmm. To, to, to kind of challenge that and, and to ask a question really to, to, to everyone, there's, there's different kinds of it, right? And there's, there's not really much telling whether it's the right kind or not the right kind. We know of a very powerful struggle veteran and lawyer that, that treated himself um, using marijuana. And we, 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 we heard how that turned out, right? He's six feet um, underground. So speaking for marijuana in that sense, seeing such things, how, how, how do we make it possible that you speak for it, but now there's, there's, there's endless possibilities to what can happen to a person? They can even die from that i think before it gets legalized okay. before then we can say we speak for marijuana um appropriate research has to then be made okay okay then we should can we can call in international scientists um pharm pharmacists and and doctors to come do research for us in terms of um which is the correct type of data to use and that's the only thing i can think of as of right now okay from from other members of the panel i am against um, marijuana being made legal. I feel like uh, people, especially teenagers, they're very rebellious. And if they want something, they will get it. No matter what protocol may be done and may be made that they don't get it, they are going to get it and they are going to come to school high. Um, they're already coming to school high. So legalizing it is just going to make it worse. I feel like it will be giving them permission to actually come to school high now. They will not care to listen to reason because they feel like this is what I need and I need it now and I feel like it will destroy a lot of teenagers future and yes hmm. are you for it or are you against it 
I am actually conflicted because of what Junior and what Berlina said. They both had very valid points. As for Junior, as uh, he said, that it can be used for medical uses. Okay, for some of us here, uh, especially some of us in the panel here, want to um, invest our time in the future in the medical field and help people. But then sometimes some of us as teenagers, we want to explore new things because our friends are also doing it. Mm -hmm. So why not? We should also try it. So it's a sort of, I'm sort of in between there. So I don't know what the rest of you guys Okay. Think. We have some takers. Um, I'd like you to introduce yourself and tell us basically where you, where you stand. Hi, my name is Ndivo Necharota. I'm also a learner at Carlton Jones in grade 10. I honestly believe that I am against marijuana because... Oh, I honestly believe that I'm against marijuana because now it has negative effects on family members and people at home and that it's just a negative influence. Legalizing it will not do any better for this country. So we have, we have um, countries like the, the United States of America, right, that have a couple of states that have legalized uh, marijuana, and it's proving to be positive to, to a certain extent. And so being against it, what, what do you have to, to, to say to that? Being against it, it's nothing wrong with it. And I do go with Junior's point that it is good for medical uses, but it should be first uh, tested and experimented on and find the positive and the negatives before you start to officially use it. And before then, it should be illegal. Mm -hmm. No such use of it should be in this country. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting the sense that um, with a lot of the students that are coming up, the legalization of marijuana, they... They, they, they want it to, to happen solely because of, of, of medical reasons. What, what are your sentiments? Um, I would say that um, my name is Gatlejo Serovadze. I'm also a learner at Carlton Jones High School. Um, I would say that uh, marijuana, I, I'm against it because um, in the past, our grandfathers and grandfathers and their grandmas and grandmothers and grandfathers used it as because they believed that it also had healing purposes. But we should reflect on that and remember that um, in the past, they weren't that well informed about medicinal purposes and things. And I feel like medicine has developed more in our time. So I feel like if it were to be a, of great use, we would already be using it. Everybody would have it. And I do... Um, know what Junior's talking about um, because uh, cancer cancer uh, patients use it to keep them from vomiting. Mm -hmm. It helps them to stop them from vomiting. So I guess it does help in that way. But I don't think that it would it should be used for recreational uses. And about what you said earlier about the United States, um, a lot of people are, I'm sorry, junkies there, so, and hippies, right? So I feel like it's kind of sort of a culture, you know, like, um, Rastafarian people, they also smoke, um, different substances because of cultural beliefs, and I respect that, but I feel like if we're going to say that we should use it for medicinal purposes, we should know which ones, and we shouldn't just use it to come to school, because, I mean, it does disrupt you. You're not in your correct state of mind. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we have 
more people to join in on the conversation, just um, state your name and um, pretty much contribute what you have in mind. Uh, okay, so m- my name is Kevin. I'm also from oh, I'm also from Carlton Jones High School. Uh, so I, I I'm against and I'm for marijuana being legalized. So I'm against it because I feel like a lot of bad things outweigh the amount of good things it does. But also since Junior said that a lot of families or s- some families in townships uh, get their income from selling marijuana and if it's not legalized, where will the money come from? But marijuana is not the only solution. So I recently met a guy or yeah, I was told about a guy. His name is Jack. He's disabled. And he made a couple of hundred thousand rands on Facebook selling garlic. So I think there's a, there's a lot of ways to make money. But if it were to be legalized, but it can be controlled that children don't come to school high because you have a lot of pu- public figures who can inspire children. Uh, we have our own public figures here in Coltonville. Uh, they're a group called Art Society. I'm, I'm part of them. So people like listen to us. Well, I like to think they listen to us. And having public figures in, in the community will also help that children don't come to school high. But also, since it, w- it will be legalized, uh, a lot of patients will be helped with sicknesses. And stuff. Thank you very much. Um, so we need good role models that will help the students understand why or how and when to use marijuana, not, not all the time. We'll just um, have time for more, uh, two more questions or comments, and then we'll, we'll switch up the conversation a bit. Yeah, okay. Uh, hello. Uh, my name is Lesey Josimang, and I am against the legalization of marijuana. For, okay, I'll give you an example. All right, especially in the in my beginning in the beginning of my high school year, no, in the beginning of my high school year, I was we were faced with problems. Me, especially me and my peers and people like me, ne, walking down, you know, from school back to our houses, ne, we were just basically getting robbed by people that were that were just high, like they they had no control over what they were doing because this dacha is just so addictive, ne, they they just want. They just want more of it. And so, like, they, they target us, the children, the children, the poor children, in, into giving us, us giving them money just for them to, just to keep on smoking. And the, I, I'm afraid of how is this, this is going to turn out because, like, because it could really damage everyone. It could really damage people, like, people are smoking dacha and now they're going crazy now and, you know, they're just doing stupid things. Really. Yes. So here's here's another opinion. Here's another um, expression and experience of um, Dacha influenced people or people under the influence of Dacha that um, are making the lives of um, ordinary school children a nightmare. You know, going home from school, the last thing you need from all the teachers' homeworks and assignments is someone um, demanding um, for you to give them money or. Um, a lot of things. Thanks, thanks for, for sharing that um, experience. We'll, we'll have um, just one more question. Hi, my name is Tolo Filipito, and I am, well, I heard what everybody on this panel had to say, 
And while I'm against marijuana, now I'm going to refer to a junior said, he said that he knows about a family that, you know, that has this dacha plant in their backyard. Now, for a student, if, if, um, if your mother says to you that, um, don't worry, my child, we will earn a living. We have that tree in the backyard. I mean, what does that give you? I mean, you don't feel the need to work hard. You don't feel the need to be at school. You don't feel the need to be participating in your lessons because you feel that even if you don't make um, a success of yourself, you will just plant that tree in your backyard. And that is not the mindset we should have, especially as the youth. So even if you have that plant in your backyard, in fact, that should be more than enough reason to work because you do not want to have those plants in your backyard one day. Well, that's if you'll even have one, right? So it's important that we understand um, that it's important to to have our mindsets fixed and that to sometimes oppose our parents' mindsets because our parents know best because they're our parents, but sometimes having a mindset of your own isn't such um, uh, a bad idea. Uh, may I just comment on that? Okay. Um, because um, in South Africa now there's a high demand of Dacha. Right, and we know that the, the the rate of unemployment in South Africa is quite young, is quite high, and it's mostly um, young people. Right, so um, like Mr. Mashonga said, there's many ways in which one can earn a living, but sometimes the reasons why then these families would then resort to planting dacha is because they can't find any jobs, and since there's a high demand, they can make a lot of money, and this dacha supplements them um, with um, proper education for their children, gives them food and water. They go to bed every night with their four, they have roofs over their head because of this dacha so that's that's all i want to say hmm. that's 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 a you know it, it broadens the the conversation and the topic itself and um lengthens it um outside of a lot of the things that we can touch on and, and really talk about concerning this matter what i'd like to get into now is um the subject of uh, pure mathematics from um grade eight and nine i hear there's a lot of concerns and we want to know, um, what are your thoughts on that? What are some of the benefits that we can have? What are some of the questions that everyone um, has, um, really? So we'll, we'll, we'll start with Shadik. Okay. okay, so um, speaking from a language teacher's perspective um, and someone who struggled with math at school myself, um, the, the question I looked up when I heard I was going to be part of this panel, was the thing about the math lit and having children um, coerced into taking either math or math lit because the Department of Education feels that all people, whether you are going to have an academic career after school or not, needs to be uh, mathematically literate. Um, and so I think that is a big part of the problem is expecting people who do not have that um, ability, not really ability, but um, talent for numbers, compelled to do math at school, even if it is at a lower level. And then also, I mean, anybody who knows that they struggle with something, it, it brings down your self-esteem. So you'll sit with that low self-esteem issue of not being able to cope with math for the rest of your life or until you are able to find a niche where you are able to exp 
express yourself and your talents. So, yeah, I think that's something that um, not only teachers, but also higher authorities like the Department of Education needs to look at. Junior, what are your thoughts and, and the rest of the panel and the rest of the guests, really? Um, I think we have to understand that mathematical literacy and pure maths is off the same level. Right, because you can do, um, if you do pure maths, let's say for grade 10, you do um, pure maths the whole year. And then if you were then to transition into mathematical literacy, I'm telling you you're going to fail. It is as hard as pure math because you're starting in the beginning. You've been doing math since um, grade one. You've been doing it like for 10 years now because it's a grade 10. But if you then change into math literature, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to make it. You're going to fail. But one thing I'm um, concerned about is the grade eights. Um, uh, to a point whereby I wanted to start sort of a um, enrichment program for the grade 8s um, to teach them maths. And they're also struggling with, I understand, with technology as well. Um, I think um, the transition from primary school to high school is one of the most um, contributory factors to these um, poor results. Um, because in primary school, they were very much school fit, they were spoon-fed. Really, if you go to the teacher, ma'am, I don't understand this and this and that. It was very much explained to you. They helped you with every possible thing. But in high school, you're expected to become independent. And I think that change then puts an influence on these um, young learners. And I also think um, they should have realistic goals. Okay. Well, what, do you, what do you mean by uh, realistic? Let's, let's put that into, into if, context. If you know you can achieve an average of 60% mm-hmm. for mathematics or social sciences, don't say, no, I'm going to try a 40 this term, maybe a 50 next term. If you know you can do it, then do it. Um, they need to be sort of motivated. You know, they, we should provide them with, with the, incent- the incentive rather to the, the best that they can do. Um, and as well that um, we can also, you know, like in school here, we have moaning devotions. Um, okay. Mrs. Tycoon introduced this new program whereby we have um, Bible readings in the morning. And these are then to um, motivate young learners not to give up, um, do this and this and that. The Bible, God is there for you, this and this and that. So I think we can do things like that. I think as the youth, um, we can um, sort of uh, put action to that expression, each one teach one. Okay. Right. So we can also go into our communities. You know, we can start these programs, help each other out. We here for each other. Hmm. Um, adding on to what Mr. Shabangu said, I feel like you know, from primary to high school, when you get here, it is very difficult to adapt to new atmosphere, people, teachers, buildings, and even the subjects. Mm-hmm. You, when you're in primary, you are so immature, and now you get to high school, and everyone's mature. Everything is serious now all of a sudden. You are now a baby to the school when you were a boss at the law school. Even the workload gets a lot more in primary and some people find it quite challenging as they were used to slacking in primary. They were used to not working. And now it's difficult because it needs high school now needs more concentration and hard work and it's just something that they're not used to. I think also the problem is that they do not have vision. When you have vision, you have dreams, you have goals. Okay. And you work really, really hard to get to those dreams and to those goals. You can't, if you don't have vision, then everything else lags. Then you just at school because uh, mom forced me to be at school. She says, I have to do this and I don't even know why I have to do this. I'm just doing this because everyone wants me to do this. I feel like they need to have that mindset that I need to do this because this is where I want to be in life. Mm. They could either make posters or something and... 
vision boards in, yes, a, in a sense. Yes, thank you. Vision mm-hmm. boards and write what they want to be when they grow up. And each and every night before they sleep, they look again at that board and they're like, this is what I need to achieve. Before anyone can motivate you, you need to motivate yourself. You need to be like, when I wake up this morning, I'm writing this math test and this is what I need to do. If you know you're struggling, ask help. Put your pride away. I feel like sometimes we have so much pride. Yo, I'm not going to ask this. Yo, my best friend, he's the best, but no, I, I, yo, he's going to think I'm lower than him and all of. You need to put in the work. You need to see it through. You need to put your pride away and focus on your schoolwork. Okay. Um, speaking from my own experience, when I went from grade seven to grade eight, I was head girl in primary school and I found it very difficult coming to high school. Because it's so different now. Now I'm normal, the most respected girl in the school. And I'm busy here bossing people around. But hey, this is a new turf. And I feel like it's a, as Berlina said, that it's a, it's a different environment. And there's different things. And I feel like we're taking on different life roles. And we trans- transition from being a baby to now being, hey, we're in high school. Now we need to mature. And I feel as well with the grade eights, especially I think in our school as well, is a lack of motivation. But I know that we have started enforcing morning devotions, such as Junior said, and encouraging them. But I also feel that our parents should also be involved in our education as well. They should also take the initiative to look through our books and say, hey, can I see if you have homework today? And make sure and monitor, and if there's a problem, that they can come and see the teachers when they come uh, when they come to school. Because I feel like parents have the greatest influence in our lives, mm-hmm. and they have the potential to make us be great one day. Hmm. And I also feel the problem is that we have a negative attitude. We've decided we've basically told ourselves that we can't do anything. But I feel like we've got the potential to change the world. But we should start realizing that now. Hmm. Junior, you, you wanted yeah, to say just something? one more thing. I think um, we also have to understand, as the youth of South Africa, that education, to me, is not necessarily a right, but is a privilege. Because if it, if it weren't for the Soweto um, 1976 uprisings, you wouldn't be here sitting behind a chair with a teacher in front of you, instilling you with this beautiful knowledge. So you have to understand it's a privilege. Let's not take it for granted. Like I said, lives were lost. Many people were injured. Families were separated. We have to understand that. Let's take it to our advantage and use it to change the world. How would mathematics then um, form as a part of a catalyst in us realizing a lot of these things? You, you spoke about uh, having a vision and a purpose in life. You spoke about um, changing the world pretty much. How, how can mathematics um, be a catalyst in, in, in all of these different things? And then we'll, we'll get to, to, to Shanique. In fact, let's, let, let's start with uh, Shanique. Um, express, ex- express yourself and then we'll move to the question. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also um, thought about this a while ago. Um, the whole idea of needing math um, to get into a tertiary education system like a university. Uh, many students or learners at, at uh, school level think that they need to take math because they need math to get into university one day, even if they don't know what they want to be one day. Mm-hmm. And so they put this great pressure on themselves and they are unable to cope. Mm. But then with that comes the, the, 
I think it's a, it's a greater societal issue of trying to externalize the blame. The motivation needs to come from the teacher's devotion in the morning. Hmm. Uh, my parents need to check if I have homework. So there's, there's a, a denial of the responsibility of the learner, I think, that um, not only the learners but also the teachers forget. We want to... Um, take up the golden spoon and feed and feed and feed, and mm. we think, oh, I'm not doing enough. But then the learners don't always realize that most of the responsibility is their own as well. Hmm. We have a taker. Kindly introduce yourself and express yourself. Um, my name is Katleho, and I'm a maths learner, and I feel like it's already a challenge on me. So I could imagine how it feels for someone who who really struggles, who can't cope with the pressure. And I feel like the implementation of mathematical literacy actually helps those kids who, I mean, we can't all be doctors and scientists in what we believe to be successful. I mean, I could want to be a writer and yet I don't even need maths to, to do that or an artist or anything, any cultural form. So I feel like it's like telling a fish to climb a tree and with Telling a fish to climb a tree makes the fish feel like it's stupid. So I feel like I, we should understand that some people can't cope with maths and that's how it is. And they could still make great successes of their lives. Um, Thank can you. Can I add on to what Katlejo said? Sure. Um, I feel as well it also comes from pressure from our parents. Okay. Because the majority of our parents want us to be doctors and astronauts and everything. But they should also realize that some of us aren't really scientifically or mathematically gifted. And I feel like we should also um, sit with our parents and also tell them what we want to do in life. And not just tell them that we want to do this, but be specific about it. So they know where we're heading and that we have their support as well. Because um, I feel now the artistic side of the industry is actually doing quite well, especially in South Africa. And it's young, uprising singers and dancers and cultures and, yeah. My name is Samaya Varachia. And about the devotions that Junior was speaking about, uh, Mrs. Tyquin has not only um, considered the Christians, they also... Um, she also considered the Muslims, like we have a few Muslims in our school and she has considered us and she asked me to gather some scriptures and I've been helping out with that and she also, she does a lot for the Muslims. And I think um, for one, I, I was forced to take maths, but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't. I told my parents, I can't do this and I'm not going to do it. And I chose maths lit. I think... It, it it doesn't matter. You 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 just need to to go with your choice and. Um, can I just add on that? Because um, we have teachers, um, we have peers as well. Because um, um, we have friends as well who, whereby, if you're to say, guys, you know what, I, I'm, I'm struggling with maths. Mm -hmm. I think uh, my final decision is that I am going to take mathematical literacy. Okay. Right. And uh, most people think that people who take maths lit are then ignoramuses. They're idiots. Like, what are you doing with maths lit? Hey, maths lit. Why would you put numbers and words together? What the flip is that? So <laughs> um, I think um, um, we should not um, judge people. 
um, on their intelligence by um, taking maths lit. Okay. I think because they say that if you take maths lit, um, the careers that um, might be available to you would be social careers such as being a teacher, counselors, um, going to ministry. But I think they can be the best at that. Mm-hmm. Because they're fresh minds they, They'll bring something new They'll take it to another level mm-hmm. So let's just let them be And because we are a democracy We believe in equality So let's not um, 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 say this guy's an idiot ah, He takes maths Later, ah, he's, He takes maths He's absolutely a genius Because yeah. what you're doing That you're condemning them And that's going to f- cause um, melancholic behavior We don't want that in our country We want to progress Very powerful I just want to ask a quick question Do we feel like our learners applying themselves enough because you know I'll, I'll just put a simple illustration grade 10 i was doing pure maths accounting economics and business and in grade 11 i was like stuff that i want something different so i, I took physics life science and geography biggest mistake of my life <laughs> because what then happened is that with the foundational um information that they got in grade 10 I couldn't get in, in, in grade 11. And you know the enormous work load that comes with being in grade 11. So I just couldn't cope all the way to matric. But when I got to matric, I found students that were really performing in the various um, subjects that, that I've, I've, I've spoken about. But I told my science teacher one thing. I said, you know what? The physical science um, award is going to come to me. And at that point, I was probably getting the 40s and the 30s. And it was like, there was, there's no way that you're going to do that. But long story short, guess what? I took it there. I took it at Saturday school with a bunch of different other kids from different schools in different areas. So the moral of the story is application. Do we feel that our learners are applying themselves enough? Because fair enough, yes, they need to choose what they like between, like, for instance, pure maths and maths literacy. But are they applying themselves enough? Or are they just giving up? I don't know how to do this and I'm not going to do it. Okay. So I think it's um, a lack of commitment from the learners themselves. Okay. Because uh, we tried to start an enrichment group, as Junior said earlier on, with the grade eights to help them with their maths and their science and their technology. But they just kept on stalling and stalling and we, we were ready for them one Friday, but they never showed. They said that, no, they have to do something over. They have plans for the weekend. They can't stay on a Friday afternoon. Okay. And we literally dropped our plans just to help them. So I feel like it's also supposed to come from their own efforts saying, listen here, I want to pass. I want to get a distinction in maths. I want to take maths in grade 10. Or I want to be the best physician in the world. Mm -hmm. As you said that you had um, enrichment classes during the week, during the weekend. And look where that got you. Hmm. Shanique? Um, I think that the the problem is twofold. I think that on the one side, we have learners who think that even if they apply themselves, it might not result in good marks at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I think is also a big problem in especially our society is Okay, now I get good marks. I pass a matric with distinctions in math and science. My parents don't have the money for me to go and study to be a doctor, so what's the use? Hmm. So these learners at our school have these issues as well, and I think um, socioeconomic issues are always in the back of of their minds, especially Hmm. if you come from somewhere like Utsong. 
how, how do we how do we help them accept certain things? Like you know, at, at that particular point in time with the experience I shared, it was for the very first time that I was achieving or getting the marks and and percentages that I was getting, but it was fine. It it was a journey. It was a phase in my life. I thought at the back of my mind that I could do more. I was going to achieve more. How best can we help um, the students understand that and not give in, just throw in the towel that, you know what, I'm achieving at this, it's probably always going to be like this? Um, I actually don't know because I was always, uh, as a as a person, I was also very intrinsically motivated myself. Um, but as a teacher, I think that um, I need to to just... Keep going at it. Like I have this one child in class. He always sits at the back of the class sleeping. And I don't teach a difficult uh, subject like math or science, but Mm -hmm. I don't expect that it's any different in any of his other subjects. So I've tried various tactics with him. Um, we have a disciplinary system where we let the parents know that the child is sleeping in class. That had no results. So now what I do is I go to him and I stand right behind him. I teach from behind this child. Hmm. And every time I say, how far are you? How far are you? So the teachers, I don't think it's, it's once again trying to find methods that work. And because you sit in a class, and I'm sure that I'm not the only teacher who struggles with this, um, you have teach um, children like Junior and Rose and Berlina in the same class as children who are the problem when we speak about DACA legalization. Mm. So you have to constantly manage and mitigate the conflict not only between the, the children, but also between the children's abilities and interests. <laughs> so it is, it is quite a difficult thing and, and one I'm afraid that I haven't sorted out yet, but I'm trying my best. You're working, you're working on a solution. Working my solution. Do you know you have something to say? Um, I think because you, your question, if I'm not mistaken, is that how can we, um, maintain their application? They say, okay, I can do this and not just throw in the towel. And, and, you um, know, generally just help them Stay motivated, stay knowing motivated. that um, doing better means they can achieve more. Um, from my personal experience, I think it starts with parental support. Okay. Because for me, the reason why I am here at school till today is because I want to give my mother a better life. Hmm. Because um, she gave me um, a better education that she could not receive um, when she was my age. Um, but I think um, parents have to listen to their children. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to consider they have to consider the children because they're living in a different age from what they were living back then. Right, so um, their advice might not apply to the way we're living now. So I think if we have that sort of um, good relationship between parent and child, um, that can also stimulate the application. Hmm. Um, adding on to what Junior said, uh, when when I was in grade eight, uh, I hated technology, um, and and it, it got me thinking that sometimes. When you're in grade 8 and 9, you don't get to choose the subjects that you want. You're actually forced to take them. And maybe it will get better in the future when actually they take the subjects that they want, the subjects that interest them. Because in grade 8 and 9, you have to do creative arts, you have to do technology, and you have to pass it. And sometimes you don't have the motivation to do those subjects because you hate them. But you know you have to do them if you actually want to get to grade 10. So maybe... The lack of motivation and the lack of dedication 
on, on, on those subjects that you're doing because you don't love them can contribute to them. Yes. <laughs> Your thoughts? Um, as I agree with both what Ma'am and Junior and Berlina said, um, I feel as if, as I mentioned earlier, that there's a lack of commitment from our side as learners. And when we're in grade 8 and 9, we're sort of forced to do what we're supposed to do. But when we get to grade 10, we're basically working for the future. We're basically saying, this is time for me to start working for who I'm going to be in the future. Hmm. And sometimes, you know, life just gets in the way of everything and you just lose concentration and focus because of so many different influences and peers and other reasons. And I feel like some of us don't aren't motivated enough. We look at ourselves... And we have a low self-esteem, basically. Mm. We look at ourselves as saying that we aren't good enough for anything. If my friend gets 80% in maths, wh- well, I can't even get 20% in maths lit. So, yeah. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a problem in itself. So, I, I guess it's, it's safe to gather from uh, the, the thoughts that uh, you guys have shared that it's, it's okay to be who you are and have your own interests. And pick things and make decisions in life according to basically what you know about yourself. So the starting point is knowing yourself, what you're capable of, and then deciding according to that. Am I, am I, am I, am I getting the gist of it right? Okay, okay. So you, you spoke about Junior, that is how your, your mother um, gave you an education that she couldn't afford. Now, Carltonville is an area in and around uh, a mining um, area at large. So, and at certain points in time, things don't go well. The economy, um, perhaps internal things in, in, in certain businesses, and that lead to the company needing to downsize, and a lot of people get retrenched from the companies. What are some of the effects that that has on the children in school? Um, I'm actually, I was once a victim of, of retrenchment because um, at some point in time, uh, my father worked for a company called Hilti um, for over 15 years. And I'm not really sure what was the cause of them um, then deciding to retrench the workers. Um, but then it's it's a really, it, it was a devastating time for me mm. because then habits at home had to change because, you know, me as as a person, um, every month you know you know, daddy will always come with something good, fish and chips, die, you know. You <laughs> now things had to change. We had to use our money wisely, mm-hmm. and I we had to set our priorities straight. Like you couldn't just go into a shop and see that's a nice jacket. I want to buy this five hundred rand. We had to we had to use money wisely. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. But um, I think it has also uh, it psychologically impacts people. Okay, um, because now. Um, yeah, there was a, t- a point in time in primary, um, because my father lost a job and it took, it took much time, a lot of time for him to get another. Um, I was always worried because we couldn't pay school fees. And I was always worried that one day an HOD or uh, my principal would come in and say, Junior, you can no longer learn at the school because mm. you cannot afford it. Mm. So that's, I think that's also my motivation. That was, that was also my motivation back then because I couldn't unaf- afford it. I, I don't want to take it for granted. I wanted to make the best of it. Um, but I, I'll say it was a very, very daunting experience for me um, and that's that's all I can share hmm. thank you very much for for, for that experience I'm, I'm sure a lot of us can can draw a lot from that um, Shanique you you have something to to contribute there um, yeah the the mines in this area um, 
are downsizing or they're axing a third of their workforce. <laughs> so eight and a half thousand people are losing their jobs. That's a lot and, of people. And if you take one person per family that works at a mine and the, the um, dependence that that person has, um, and it had great, great um, economic and political implications in 2008 when the Great Zukutsong area um, prost- protested um, to be reintegrated into Gauteng um, after being transferred to the um, northwest province. So I think that even when um, things like this happen, the community has the decision or they they rise up to the occasion. I mean, they altered the constitution and the, the borders of the nine provinces of South Africa because they were um, motivated by their financial losses after the first mines closed down in Blyfereitzicht. Hmm. So um, I don't... I think that what we need to remember is that when things like this happen, the the parents and the learners rise to the occasion in this area, and that's something that I'm very proud of, um, even though it didn't always go peacefully at mm. that time. But yeah, I think that it's something great that the people own their power in, in the society. And it, and it has an impact on the way that the children behave in school, definitely. Mm. Um, but learners like the ones we have here today um, really take that and they make it into a positive thing, mm. which I'm very proud of. Thank you very much for that, Shanique. So we have time for just one more thing, um, wrapping up. Concluding thoughts, uh, we'll give um, Shanique and Junior and probably yourself um, a chance to give us uh, the concluding remarks. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Shanique. Um, okay, so um, in conclusion, um, I think what we should take from today is that um, despite the difficulties that the children at, at Colton Jones and the Greater Coltonville area face, um, they have power and they should use that power to intrinsically motivate themselves to better their circumstances. <laughs> Thank you very much. Junior? Um, uh, speaking of power, um, the, the youth has. Um, there's something I'd like to mention, which is also not about what we discussed today, okay. but um, there was a presentation by the DCM mm-hmm. about wising up about the use of money. Okay. Um, so I'm doing this for a fellow brother who's right. a learner here at Carlton Jones High School. Um, um, I think before the youth becomes wise about spending money, I think we have to be provided with the opportunity to earn money first. So that means going to university and then um, getting a job. Um, but there's a learner by the name of Tumisang Masilo here at Carlton Jones High School. Okay. Um, he's a very intelligent young man and has an average of um, 84, 85%. Um, Dumisang's mother um, is unfortunately disabled and his father's deceased. He has um, applied over 30 bursaries um, but was declined by all of them. Um, but he has been accepted by the Witwatersrand um, University, but cannot afford um, to afford uh, to pay for his studies rather. And um, if there's anyone out there, since this will be a national broadcast, isn't okay. it, um, that can help Dumisang's predicament, um, please reach out to the school, and so he can in turn um, turn his dreams in, into reality, so he can study medicine. Thank you very much for that, and thank you very much to the panel and our guest and Carlton Jones High School, to the principal and the leadership platform itself and Sibanye. And this youth leadership platform was brought to you by Sibanye. We are one. At Sibanye, we believe leaders are made, not born.
We also believe we can create a sustainable legacy by helping to develop tomorrow's leaders today. We are proud of our partnership with the Leadership Platform and will continue to support leaders who are committed to growing our country. Sibanye, we are one. Visit us on sibanyagold.co.za. This is cliffcentral.com.